Stanford University. sense of uh, how Vodafone is involved in China. First of all, is, uh, Vodafone is the second largest operator uh, after China in um, numbers of subscriptions. Vodafone is the largest in um, revenue, so we, we are one of the largest in something. And then um, in uh, Vodafone, we have uh, equity presence in 31 countries and um, other 40 uh, partner markets. So. China is, uh, although it's a partner markets or affiliates, uh, it's an uh, extremely important one. And it is uh, organized in uh, three separate regions, Europe, which is the core part of uh, Vodafone. Um, there's the Africa and Central Europe part, and the Asia part, which also covers um, China and the, and the Middle East. So in terms of participating in um, China 2.0, uh, Vodafone is um, uh, a 3.27% equity owner of uh, China Mobile. It's a very tiny uh, shareholding, but it's a very expensive one <coughs> because uh, the initial purchase was uh, 2.5 billion US dollars. Invest in uh, Aspire, which is a company which is providing the backend billing systems and uh, for China Mobile. And more recently, we have the uh, Joint Innovation Lab which is a um, entity looking at uh, common application developments uh, across a number of um, companies, uh, China Mobile, Verizon Wireless, SoftBank, and also Vodafone. Um, over the years, we have the um, technology trials collaborations, um, global pr procurement um, uh, agreements with um, China Mobile and also with uh, China suppliers and also uh, some R&D collaborations uh, ongoing with um, China Mobile. So the important thing is actually reaching the mass um, in China, and China is a big country, just, um, just about uh, bigger than the size of the US by a little bit, so you can compare the sense. But the population is uh, in the US is 300 million, and they have the one point over 1.3 billion inhabitants in China. So this is a large country, large number of people. And to today, a lot of the mobile business is very much focused in the core urban area. But once you start reaching out, then it becomes a long tail business. You're starting to think about where is the revenue comes from, uh, how to reach the people. So wireless and mobility are the two key access uh, avenue to reach a lot of people, and not only um, to reach the people, because in the urban uh, area, people do live together quite tightly, so you have to reach deep into the indoor locations, and in the uh, further afield, you have to reach into remote coverage. So just to give you a sense of how big it is, um, in China Mobile and uh, China Telecom and all these operators, they have invariably about uh, 110,000 base stations compared to about 50,000 in the US, so you can see the infrastructure intensity. 
between the, the two countries with sim similar size, uh, very different um, spread of the uh, demographics. And finally, one very important thing is uh, in order to provide all this uh, broadband, mobile broadband to the mass country, you need bandwidth. Uh, high data rate on those is all very good, but so you ultimately you need um, the, the radio spectrum from a wireless perspective. So this is a shifting paradigm. I think the, the slide somehow moved, uh, the top part of it was truncated, so I try to interpret that uh, uh, as I go along. So the, the, um, th this is a shifting paradigm for mobile operators. We are looking at pipes, so we are transporting, as happened saying, that 50 billion devices, lots of data going through, so these are pipes. Nothing wrong with pipes, but trying to monetize over the pipes is really what is uh, the question for the, um, uh, all, all the operators and carriers. And then the next thing is uh, whether there is a platform prey or how can you monetize over the platform. Then we have the cloud, which everything is uh, up in the internet or in somewhere in the ether versus uh, you download web applications into your handset and then you do the um, application on your handset. So there's two different extreme of that. So you can do everything like the Google um, Docs and all those is actually embedded in the network versus you download the application, uh, the Apple model, you do your uh, applications on your handset. So there, there are two, two separate uh, regions which we have to embrace and both make sense and both of them has uh, advantages and disadvantages. And we're talking about uh, the pipe, whether it is dumb pipe versus smart pipe. And if it is dumb, how dumb it can be and how smart we can uh, work over the pipe before we get run into regulatory issues and so on. And then we talk about the um, 50 billion devices. A lot of these are machine to machines. They may be telemetry and the volume of data being sent across is very, very small. So from an operator's perspective, how can we capitalize on that versus the um, millions and millions of people actually using the handsets? We have to deal with the business quite differently. We have to deal with um, vertical and horizontal applications. So where exactly are the customers? Uh, just put this into a little bit of perspective. In, in China today, there's about 740 million customers, depending on which time frame you look at that. And then there are about 570 million actual users. So the subscription is one thing, a, a ratio, somebody attached 1.3, 1.4, that kind of ratios, uh, the SIM cards versus uh, actual mobile users. So there's about 570 million, give and take. And then the statistics saying that uh, there are about, uh, about 350 million or so people aware of 3G and about 70, a fifth of those are actually intended to use 3G and today there are about 10 million 3G subscribers. So these are mobile broadband. All the other data users, they are either using um, text messaging, some kind of uh, non-broadband data access. Um, for now, but uh, we hope that they all eventually migrate to 3G, migrate to um, broadband applications. And then as for the uses and services, uh, there are numerous um, surveys and all those um, in the markets, and I, I just arbitrarily picked uh, a couple of these to just illustrate from the mobile space 
who are these people? So these are the uh, future users. Uh, or, and a lot of these are actually young people, so that is uh, good news um, that um, they are interested. So eventually, the, this uh, SD3G standards coming into 4G, this uh, continue to grow. This population will eventually grow up with the, uh, the mobile services and mobile broadband services. And then if you look at uh, what are the services these people uh, uh, say they are going to use, uh, these are in, in, uh, in, in fact very studious people. They like reading on the mobile phone and they do search, uh, they're curious people, they like to chat. Um, so all these are positive um, attributes. So some of this uh, probably can be used, uh, they use it on the internet through like gaming a lot of these are being used uh, with the fixed internet instead of uh, over the mobile. So again, we need to take note of uh, some of these uh, characteristics. The important thing is uh, where exactly is the money? So I mentioned uh, at the beginning that um, um, there's a large place. Um, this is a long tail business as you reach out. So if we look at today's um, revenue, I think in the video you said, uh, we have seen that uh, the today is uh, just over maybe $10 uh, equivalent of revenue. So when we break that down, China Mobile on the mobile side, we have uh, just over $11 equivalent of uh, uh, average revenue per unit. That's the measure in the mobile industry generally to look at how much money you can get from each of the user. China Telecom is a little bit lower um, China Unicom is the third um, in it. Um, these are all s starting to grow in the sub-$10 um, territory compared to $20 in Germany and in the US, they're still very rich in uh, revenue uh, per user. It's uh, over $50 for, for instance, for Verizon Wireless. And if you look at India, um, even further into the field, they're looking at sub-$5 uh, <coughs> of uh, revenue per user. So if you think, put this into perspective, you think about how much revenue you can get from each user versus you building out new infrastructure to, for this, um, to support the coverage. And then um, how much um, subsidies you, you can put into providing the services, the handsets and so on. So as the revenue gets smaller and smaller, the possibility of actually doing that becomes a lot more difficult. The business case becomes a lot more challenging to provide this, um, this uh, the, the business to make a viable business case. And that is where new business model and all these start to come in to work together with suppliers, uh, trying to uh, find ways which um, we can, the operator can gradually shift to become more a service provider and also uh, to go with the uh, pay-as-you-go model and then shifting the the responsibility of providing the initial infrastructure further to the suppliers and so on. So there's a lot of those in the ecosystem among um, trying to, to reach out to the more remote areas and that is uh, being uh, transformed. So from the devices and exper experiences, um, China is uh, really rich um, in the capability of uh, providing a lot of the 3G, 4G equipments. Um, as, as we time progress, and some of, especially with the lower end equipment, uh, most of the Vodafone low end equipment, um, th this are low end means they are low cost, but these are very good performance. Equipment is actually sourced from China. They have the capability, the ecosystem, and the mindset to generate a new uh, 
generations of equipment which um, can fit into the low-end markets. So this is good news to the operators. And from the infrastructure side, obviously we are working with um, the existing uh, major suppliers and also with the, um, uh, the new suppliers emerging in China. And the important thing is, as I mentioned, that going forward, you need to make sure the, all the transmission is as efficient as possible, which means the cost to transmit the bits is as low as possible. And also, if you're trying to reach out to the very remote locations, you need the equipment to be energy efficient as well, so you can make use of uh, solar, renewable energy <coughs> sources like wind and, and, and so on. And then I mentioned that um, spectrum is um, another critical path that uh, we need to address. Uh, without enough spectrum, it, is crit it will not be able to provide a lot of the services, although the spectrum is wide, but um, the part which can be used for mobility is actually quite small um, without overly paying for a lot of infrastructure or when you go to the lower frequency band, yes, you can cover large areas, but um, um, the amount of spectrum is actually quite small there. The whole thing for a, a mobile operator, a global mobile operator, is to leverage the ecosystem, the global ecosystem, which China is gradually playing a more and more important role. So to this effect, the uh, one thing which uh, we have already engaging is this joint innovation lab, which is between Verizon Wireless, uh, Vodafone SoftBank in Japan, and um, China Mobile. And another thing which we are also actively engaging with uh, China is this uh, long-term evolution, this uh, 4G technology. So the chart on the further side, you can see roughly the distribution. China is actually extremely influential in the development of this uh, joint global initiatives. So the, uh, a few key messages uh, which uh, I need to, I'd like to leave with you uh, on this is to deliver the services uh, for reaching out to the large um, mass in any markets and to make sure that the people actually willing to pay for some of this is the, the services must be affordable and uh, be meaningful and also the devices must be affordable. So this is um, no, no matter w which market it is, and China is uh, one of those which exemplifies this. And for the operator, the important thing is uh, we need to have efficient connectivity. So how are you going to reach out to all these people at a cost which makes the business sustainable? So just deploying the equipment, selling devices, selling infrastructure is one thing. But to continue to run the business for 10 years, 15 years is another thing. You need to be able to generate sufficient revenue in order to pay for all this um, equipment and sometimes to pay for the shareholders as well. And for the suppliers and the developers, um, this is really the scale story and also a supportive um, ecosystem to go around with it. So with uh, all this has to live together uh, in delivering the services. So what I will say is that uh, embracing China 2.0 is uh, not just only to participate and partnership for success, it is also the partnership for excellence as well. Thank you.
For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.